Is it possible that you have certain beliefs you aren't even aware of that are blocking you from shedding weight or reaching your wellness goals? My name is Erica L. Robinson, and this is my first episode of what I want to be a podcast because I am an insanely busy mom of two, almost three children, and this seems to be the best medium to sometimes capture some things that I'm working through with various clients. So I want to um, kind of document these themes that I see again and again with women and men when they're trying to shed weight and it's just not effective for some reason. And I want to also say that this is these things that I'm about to say will apply to your weight loss and your wellness journeys and your whole life. Like if you're in the if you're in the business, if you're in the goal of creating a juicy lit up life that really, really serves you, what I'm going to say is going to apply and it applies to myself every single day just as much as anyone else. And um, so we've heard of these things before, right? Like limiting beliefs, blocks, mental blocks, subconscious beliefs. Why does this matter? Well, the thing is that we often have these thoughts running the show that we have buried into our subconscious that we're not even fully aware of, right? So we might have encoded them as stories or narratives from when we were kids, witnessing our family members and parents. We might have encoded them from watching movies. I know, like, even for myself, I was steeped in so much American pop culture by the time I was 12, just from watching hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of movies at the time and back in the 80s and 90s. And I had certain ideas of what life would be like, and they were all completely false and wrong because they were based on the movies. Like, I was so surprised when I went to high school, why did people not look like they were 30 years old? (laughs) Because when you're watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like... The actors are in their mid-20s when they're acting. You know what I'm saying? So is it possible that you have some kind of conditioning or underlying thoughts that you maybe never even questioned that you got from the movies, from media, from pop culture, from your parents, from your family? The thing is, these thoughts will inform your emotions, even if you're not consciously thinking of them, and your emotions are going to inform your actions. And ultimately, your actions are what are going to inform your results. So if you look at your life right now and you look at any area of your life, and none of us are perfect, right? But any area that doesn't have the results that you want, including being stuck with a bunch of weight that you don't want, chances are there is something going on there. And you could be empowered by this. Like it could just not be a priority, okay? So for instance, I have extra weight right now on my frame because I purposely put on weight to get pregnant. Because for me, my hormones function slightly better when I'm slightly fatter. And that's just an honest truth. And there are other scenarios added to that. Like I have an adrenal condition I was born with and yada, 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 right? But that's a conscious decision. So the result isn't necessarily my dream result. But my overall priority was to get pregnant. And so I have that. And we're going to talk a little bit today about intentions and actions and results and the difference between all of those different things so my point though is are you having the results that you want is it possible that there's an unconscious belief behind what you're doing so for instance i was talking to um one person that i'm working with today and they were saying that we put her on a detox she's supposed to do it for four weeks it's going to be really effective The thing that people don't understand with certain detoxes, especially if you have autoimmune conditions, which she has two autoimmune conditions, and they tend to coexist. Once you get one, you get many. So she started off with multiple sclerosis in her mid-30s. She's now 61 or 60. 
and she has Hashimoto's thyroiditis since identified in her 50s. So two autoimmune conditions. You're probably like, I don't even know what those words mean, but her body is attacking the covering of her nerves and her body is attacking her thyroid gland. So, and, and probably other things too that we just haven't identified because once you start attacking certain parts of your body, it's much easier to continue attacking other parts. And there's a lot of chemistry that goes on behind this, but a big part of it is food, right? A huge part of it is food. We have this thing called cross-reactivity. So meaning um, everyone's immune system identifies different molecules and things. Our, everyone's immune system is slightly different, the way that it operates and works and what exact chemical molecular sequences it recognizes and determines is friend or foe. Is this just a benign thing like pollen or food or is this um, a foe? Is this like a bug, a virus, a germ that I need to eliminate? And with autoimmunity, obviously, it's going haywire. It's trying to eliminate the wrong thing. And we have something called cross-reactivity, whereby maybe your body has, um, it's recognizing a sequence on something that is legitimately worth attacking, say the Epstein-Barr virus, which is mono. Say it's recognized that sequence, but then that sequence and, and the immune system locks into that and then whatever it's locked into it eats and destroys so it's eating and destroying that virus which is great but what if that sequence it recognizes also shows up in your nerves right or in your nerve coverings or in your thyroid or or or, or so many different things and then all of a sudden you're getting it also attacking those tissues because it just simply recognizes a few different chemical sequences on that thing so it's gone a little bit awry, but a common thing is food. So a common thing is you'll actually recognize the sequence on gluten and then that will match the thyroid gland or dairy and that will match the thyroid gland. And so I say this because in those cases, and a lot of us have these underlying issues we're not even aware of that for sure apply to our wellness and our weight. I've never met a single person without at least one food allergy and one food sensitivity and those are two different things I won't get into right now but I've never met a single person I've run tests every single person that I've tested has at least one if not multiple I've actually never even just seen one there's usually two three or four if not more so you know you might be saying no there's no way I have a food allergy but I'm telling you <laughs> you almost definitely do have one you simply haven't diagnosed it so that's just food for thought for you Okay, and so <laughs> when you've got that scenario going on and you're getting that cross-reactivity, what happens is every time you eat gluten, let's say, your immune system ramps up the production of chemicals that eliminate the gluten, but they're also binding to your thyroid gland. So every time you eat gluten, you're also inadvertently attacking the crap out of your thyroid gland, right? So then your metabolism is going down and you're not sure why. It's like, well, you're literally destroying the main controller of your metabolism, which is your thyroid. <sighs> this is a lot. I know. I get it. It's a lot for me to even, like, try to share this with you. And I'm just going to adjust my seating here. I don't want to overwhelm you either, but I want to tie this in so it makes sense. So you have some context. Because it takes 90 nine zero it takes 90 days okay 90 I, I really need to drill this into you it takes 90 days to 
undo that process that I just said. You have to eliminate gluten or whatever food is triggering your system for 90, 90 days in order to completely reduce the antigen in your body, right? The offensive item and the immune system's attack of it, which is also attacking yourself at the same time. So if you're thinking to, my, to yourself, I want to stop attacking my own thyroid gland. I'm aware because of lab testing or other forms of testing that gluten is a culprit. You can't just take it out for a few days. It, it will give you a good result with other things for sure. It will temporarily help your thyroid, but you're not really cleaning up the problem until you've done it for 90 days. And I'm not suggesting you need to go and do any of this stuff right now. I just want to give you context that a lot of people don't realize that every molecule matters at a certain level and depending on your goals. So a lot of people go into weight loss being like, well, so-and-so says I can still eat a donut every week. It's part of balance and I want a balanced approach to weight loss. And I'm not saying that isn't a valid concept. However, it's not balance if you're eating small amounts of literal poison to your body on a daily basis and you say that you want weight loss, but you're unwilling to take the actual action to get the actual result. This is one of the limiting beliefs. I'm going to do it my way. My way works. I'm going to be stubborn. I'm going to be obstinate. I'm going to be a rebel. I'm going to keep trying to force this. I'm going to keep trying to do it my way, even though my way hasn't worked in 55 or 60 or 70 years. I'm still going to try. You can feel the energy behind that, right? Like we've all done this. More importantly, if you want to remember how annoying it is, we all know people that do this to us or around us and we just, we want to slug them, right? Like it's just like, oh my God, why are you so obstinate when (laughs) the thing that you want is on the other side of just giving up that act? Um, of trying to do it your way, right? Maybe it's your partner, one of your friends, one of your children, a coworker. We all know somebody like this. So try to think of that person and how annoying that is and try to realize that we too are doing that a lot of times. So with this particular client, um, put her on a detox and she's supposed to, in her case, it's only actually for four weeks. So that's going to significantly reduce some inflammation. It's not going to completely get rid of the antigens, um, which is the 90-day thing I mentioned. Why? Because people need a buy-in is what I've found. People need, they need to see results first before they're willing to commit to something longer like that. And honestly, I'm just the messenger. Like at the end of the day, physics is physics, chemistry is chemistry. I have no role in that. I'm simply a messenger. But my role as a coach and as a consultant is to try to get people to buy into being aligned with their own freaking body, right? And it it kind of sounds stupid when I have to say it like this because it's like, well, aren't these your goals? Aren't these the things that you said that you want? However, (laughs) if you're here listening to this, you know, and even myself included, a lot of us have a hard time getting getting in line with that. Um, I've done a few elimination diets that have lasted 90 days and they are hard. <laughs> like I'm going to say, even for myself, they are challenging. And so it's challenging to get people's buy-in for that long. Um, it is completely worth it when you do complete it. I went without gluten for like two years and dairy without dairy for one whole year and it was completely worth it. 
But if this scares the crap out of you to hear this idea or you're shutting it down or it's you're feeling repulsed by it, just don't worry about it right now. And this is what I mean is we have to work with where a person's at, where their psyche is at and what they're ready mentally to take on. So this person's ready mentally to take on four weeks of detoxing, which is already going to get her tremendous results. Is it going to start the process of healing her body, like healing the myelin sheaths of her nerves and healing her thyroid? Maybe a little bit because we're getting rid of inflammation and inflammation aggravates those conditions, but it's not going to truly, truly, truly deeply, deeply, deeply heal it. But that's okay because every little bit counts. It's all adding up, right? Health is like a bank account and that's what I want to get through. Health is like a bank account whereby um, some actions cost more than others, okay? snorting a line of cocaine is going to cost you a lot more than eating a spoonful of chocolate chips and then some actions invest more and grow more money in your health bank account than others right um exercising every day for an hour in various ways is going to put more money in your bank account than being a weekend warrior who like goes out on the field and plays the sport really hard once a week for an hour just some basic examples so overall is your health bank account net negative or net positive that's what we need to look at and what kind of actions are you taking that are either depleting your account or building your account so i want you to be aware of that and with this particular person we took her off of a whole bunch of things including corn and she was messaging me this morning and she was saying you know i had And I think she wasn't aware. She's not aware of the depth of all of this, of all of what goes behind this. But she was saying like how she'd been eating corn and she was surprised that it affected her weight and she couldn't believe just eating one single ear of corn or corn on the cob could do that. And um, I'm trying to say to her, you know, every molecule counts. Every decision counts. Everything that you do counts. Like nothing is, nothing doesn't count especially when we do protocols. One of the protocols that I love using with women is the HCG protocol. It's part of my goddess body method. So the goddess body method is a three-pronged approach to weight loss, which includes the use of HCG. If you're curious to learn more about that, I will talk in future podcasts about it, but I have an entire workshop or masterclass that you can grab on my website all about that. So it's going to include the information, the safety, the science, etc. But the thing with the use of HCG, if you use it on its own, it's as effective as any other diet, which is to say it has a 92% failure rate long term, like any, any, any weight loss approach. The only thing that makes it come to life is how it's embedded within the goddess body protocol, which comes with other hormonal balancing techniques. And it comes with my coaching, which is highly necessary, in my opinion. And it comes with a lot of coaching around mindset, a lot of coaching around mindset and limiting beliefs and subconscious things that are getting you down and that this is where it comes up is like okay you know that you were supposed to be avoiding corn so what was the breakdown like what happened there and she was saying you know I didn't think that just one thing um would throw me off track and she's saying her husband bought it and she didn't want it to go to waste so here is a huge a huge belief right (laughs) and I said to her so the money you're investing with me with this program hundreds and hundreds of dollars (laughs) you're not gonna let 
maximum three dollars of corn go to waste so you'd rather sabotage your hundreds of dollars of investment and your time and your energy and how much work you've already put in you would rather sabotage that than waste like honestly what 50 cents of corn so i really want you to examine this because I think we've all done this at some point or another and it doesn't just have to be food and that's what I'm trying to get through here is what I'm talking about applies to weight loss as much as it applies to wellness as much as it applies to the rest of your life. What are you doing? What actions are you taking that (laughs) don't actually make sense on the ground, right? So I said to her, you know, okay, so she's a baby boomer. She's 60, 61. Her mother is 85. Um, her parents were lived through the Great Depression. So her upbringing is infused with her grandparents' Great Depression thinking, her mother's, you know, same thing, Great Depression thinking of, like, never waste food, never waste food, never throw things out. It's, it's a sin to get rid of food. It's a sin to throw things out, right? But we're living in a different era now, and I don't condone wasting food whatsoever, and we'll talk about this. But we are living in an era of excess, and maintaining that line of thinking doesn't serve us. It actually continues to make us fatter. You've, you've probably heard of all these examples of women who they were simply told stop eating the leftovers on your children's plates and then they lost like five or seven pounds within a week just by doing that so a lot of us have this thing we don't want to waste food we don't want to throw out food so we're eating the food and i said to her (laughs) why are you treating yourself like a human garbage can (laughs) and i've done this before and i know that you've done this before we've all had moments of treating ourselves like a human garbage can Okay, and what's funny about corn is my Oma is from Austria and she came to Canada when she was 14. She's like, why are people eating corn? It's a horse's food. Like, we never eat corn. We feed it to the horses. So, like, you're literally saving 50 cents and eating a horse's food, right? That's just a funny little side thing. It's not actually horse's food. Well, it can be. But corn is quite triggering for a lot of people, and it's one of the most highly genetically modified crops. It's one of the most highly pesticide-sprayed crops, right? Would would our experience of corn be different if it was, like, wild-type corn? Probably, but then you run into another issue when it's more wild, which is that it's filled with more anti-nutrients that it's like chemical warfare that attack your body. But I won't, I don't, again, I don't want to, like, go... I'm trying to give you these bite-sized podcasts that have like little tidbits for you to sort of start learning these things. I don't want to overwhelm you. But I hope this makes sense what I'm saying. Like she's treating herself like a human garbage can. There's There's a whole belief and a whole mindset that I can't waste food, which is probably accurate. You shouldn't waste food. Um, but the more important thing that strikes me is why are you, why are you not worth it? Why are you not worth that three dollars of corn or 50 cents of corn when you've already invested all of this money and time and energy into yourself and then two weeks in you sabotage it with with the corn right or whatever it is we a lot of us have this like oh my god it's in the fridge it's gonna go bad I have to eat it and there are so many ways around it okay so first of all first of all the other issue to look into is 
is there um is it possible your partner is trying to sabotage you or they simply just don't care and they're not enrolled in or excited by what you're up to which could have been the case in her case because her partner knows she's not eating corn for four weeks but he bought it anyway and he cooked it anyway and it's sitting there anyway and then it activates her whole guilt complex about throwing out food so is it possible that your partner is trying to sabotage you what can be done there um I like this notion of keeping your side of the street clean and not not worrying too much about other people and we really can't get too invested and I don't even want to say that because there comes a time and place where you know if your partner's continuously sabotaging you that might be time to really like look at the relationship and how it's serving you or not serving you but for the for the sake of working with someone for say four weeks doing a detox you know we're not going to get into all of that So in that case, I usually say, like, sit down, have a conversation with them before you even begin and get them excited about what you're up to or, you know, inspire them about what you're up to and be like, hey, I'm I'm really into this. I'm really excited about this. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm taking on. Um, This is what I want to get out of it. This is what I want you to get out of me doing it. You know, I want to be a better a better wife for you, a better partner. I want to be, you know, more mentally grounded, less emotionally volatile. Uh, I want my health to be in a better place so that we can have better times together. I don't want to worry about my body being taken over by MS and me being in a wheelchair and us not getting to have a good retirement together. Whatever it takes, just get into that conversation with them and inspire them about what you're up to. Okay, so that's the first thing to be responsible for is did you... Did you do that? Did you have that conversation? Did you enroll that person, like excite them about what you're up to? If your partner is not that kind of person and you don't think you can have that kind of conversation, or in a lot of cases, I meet women who have failed so many times that they're like, I can't possibly bring it up because my husband is sick of hearing about it. He's sick of watching me suffer and fail. 99% of the women I work with, their husband thinks they're hot as hell anyways, the way that they are, and they don't care if their wife loses weight. They'd rather not see her go through the misery of failing yet again. So in a lot of those cases, um, you know, I just say show, don't tell. Just like show them, show them how good you're feeling, show them what you're up to, show them how positive this is for you. Show, don't tell. And maybe a couple weeks in, when they're looking at you and you're freaking glowing and your skin is clearer and you're sleeping better and your energy is higher and mentally and emotionally you're in a better place and they're like oh my god I love being around you then you can maybe have that conversation be like hey you know I've been doing this thing or I would still let them know you're doing a thing but maybe you don't have to get into all the nitty-gritty of it be like hey I'm doing this thing I feel so awesome you know thank you so much for like um, going along with it I really I just want to remind you I can't eat corn and, and yada 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 I can't eat these things right now or that's not even a good way to just say I'm choosing not to eat those things right now it doesn't mean that they're not in my future in some way it's just simply something I'm avoiding for now because it's not in alignment with my goals okay so you can have that kind of conversation too and if you're <laughs> Surrounded by people who just will never get what you're up to and will always shoot you down and will never understand. I highly recommend just, you know, what's the saying? Like, play it close to the chest. Play your cards close to the chest. Don't even talk to them until the whole thing is over about it. Let them witness your transformation because you will have a transformation if you do the Goddess Body Program. I can't speak for other programs because we get, we get the rejects and failures from just about every weight loss program on the market. 
and we have a 100% success rate, which I'm very, very proud of. So if you're doing a program of that nature, not to brag, but you know, if you're doing a, a kick-ass program with a kick-ass coach who has a kick-ass track record of results, you will have the transformation. So just let that speak for itself. You know, my claim to fame is I help women lose guaranteed 15 pounds in six weeks or less. Usually it's more like 25. And so let them see, let them watch you. Let them see you in six weeks from now. Let them make fun of you the whole time. Just shrug it off. And this is a whole module that we work through is how to communicate with the various people in your life about what you're doing, whether it's having an actual conversation or like I'm saying, play it close to the chest. Don't even really get involved with them. The proof is in the pudding. Let them see and let them flock to you afterwards and be like, oh my God, what have you been doing? What has changed? Like you look so incredible. How do I get that result for myself? That's when you get the total buy-in with those people. So those are like the really negative people in our lives. And it can take all different forms, but a lot of people go through having them try to sabotage you, making fun of you, being like, why aren't you eating cake at the office birthday parties? You're such a nerd, whatever it is. But let them witness you. It's not worth your energy or time to get dragged into it. I remember having one client whose best friend at the time when she was going through this, she was doing a 180 and like she was coming from a very junk food lifestyle into um, like very clean eating lifestyle. And so he was, her best friend was shocked and he just couldn't handle it. And he was trying to rip her down at every opportunity. So finally she just made a stand for herself and she was like, you know what, this is the direction I'm going and I feel good and I don't need to surround myself with this negative kind of energy. So it's up to you at this point. If, if you want to keep belittling me and making fun of me, I'm just not going to hang out with you anymore. But if you're ready to support me in moving forward in my life, then I'm, I'm available to that. And guess freaking what? <laughs> he, okay, he took that cold hard kick to the arse and he stood up and he stepped up and joined her and they joined a gym together and they started working out and he lost a ton of weight and he felt so good and he changed the way he was eating. So don't be surprised if, if you do set a strong boundary, if the people who really love you actually get inspired by that and step up and join you right and like now she's created a community around her through him through the gym that they go to they they do events there together she's also met a guy there that they're dating and so she's created an entire supportive lifestyle and really and truly if you want to shed weight that's what you need you need your entire environment to continuously support your new lean healthy weight and lifestyle <laughs> it's really hard right to be lean around a family that is all obese and who don't care and who all have diabetes and high blood pressure and their health is not a priority and they keep shooting you down every time that you're trying to do something good for yourself. It's very hard to be surrounded by that. So at some point or another in your transformative journey, you'll often find you start attracting. You start attracting the right scenarios and you set the boundaries to do that. So this is also called magnetism, right? This is a very feminine art of magnetism where you're not forcing your ideas onto anyone. You're just being you, you're doing you, you're taking care of and nurturing you. And when people see the long-term outcome of that, they are drawn to you, right? Like, like flies to honey, like moths to a flame. They're drawn to you, they're magnetized to you. That is feminine energy. 
And so that's something I also talk a lot about in the Goddess Body Program because it's a it's a feminine method of weight loss. It's not masculine. It's not killing yourself at the gym. It's not restricting yourself to death. It's not starving. Those can be very masculine, even unhealthy masculine approaches. This is a feminine approach to weight loss, and there is an energetic component to it, and it is partly embracing the feminine energy. Men can do the do their own version of this as well, but you know they don't have to do the, the feminine part per se. But anyways, that's magnetism. So, you know, to go back to the corn example, the limiting beliefs, the limiting thoughts. There were some actions that maybe she could have taken in the beginning that she didn't take. She didn't talk to her partner about what was up or she didn't set a boundary midway through when he put corn on the table and she let that old belief get the better of her that like I can't throw out food. Oh my god, my mother would be horrified, my grandparents would be horrified. Most people don't even consciously think these things. It's simply wired at a subconscious level that we don't throw out food. Throwing out food makes me a bad person, right? They've linked those things up. And that's something we need to begin unlinking because that all triggered her. And then, like I say, there's usually a deeper belief underneath that, which is I'm not worth it. I am not worth asserting a boundary here. I am not worth speaking up to this person about what I'm up to. I am not worth taking care of. I am not worth nurturing. I am not worth throwing away 50 cents of corn or telling him to eat it or giving it to my neighbor or freezing it for later for something else like a soup once I'm done this detox, whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm not worth giving it to like my pet rabbit or something. I don't freaking know. There's probably a million options what you could do with it. But why is it in that moment that we crumble? It could be that I'm not worth it. It could also be, um, <laughs> on the flip side, there's the I deserve it thought, limiting belief thought. Well, I'm, I've been so good on this for two weeks. I deserve to have a treat in the form of the sweet corn. I deserve it. And that in and of itself is another limiting belief because it's like, well, you're still out of alignment with the goal you consciously chose, which was to heal your body and shed the weight. And then all of a sudden you're sabotaging it with this weird I deserve it thing. If you could sit back at the very start when you take on your action plan, whether it's designed by me or anyone, you you need to, here's what's missing for a lot of people. They don't think through all the things that are going to come up and how to deal with them ahead of time. And you absolutely do need to begin learning how to deal with them ahead of time and making pre-made decisions first and foremost. And then there is an art to making decisions in the moment too. So... The biggest missing factor I see besides mindset work when it comes to weight loss is structure. So a structure in your lifestyle, and this goes back to being surrounded by a community of people that support your weight loss, that's, that is in and of itself a structure, right? But most people are, are lacking literally on the ground structure. Um, they don't have a meal planning time in their schedule. They don't have a grocery shopping time in their schedule. They don't have systems in place like ordering the same repeat items on a grocery delivery service, for example, if they have access to that. They don't have meal prep time built into their schedule. They haven't thought of all of, or any rather, of the circumstances. Like, okay, what do I do 
I usually walk people through, I say, what are your biggest challenges? When do you see yourself being thrown off of this action plan? It's usually like, oh, well, at the office, there's always a birthday party, like every other week, it seems, and there's cake, and there's donuts, and there's blah, blah, blah. Or at the office, the receptionist always has candy on her desk, and I'm tempted to eat it. Um, You know, oh, it's September, it's my son's birthday, so usually I always eat this, and blah, blah, blah. Or it's my birthday, and I eat that. So you really want to think through what things are coming up and how do you want to deal with it? And can you make a decision that is in alignment, mind, body, and soul for how you're going to handle that, that feels good to you and that you're not making in the moment based on what you don't realize is a subconscious sabotaging belief like oh I deserve it I worked so hard this week I deserve it I deserve to poison myself like that's what we're really saying I deserve to be poisoned I deserve to interrupt my healing I deserve to stop losing the weight even though it's coming off you know every every day every other day but I deserve to interrupt all that just so I can have this one stupid treat that's not even that good Usually if you were making a conscious choice and someone said, okay, I'm going to give you one meal right now that won't affect any of your health or any of your weight, what would you choose? Most people would choose something completely different. I wouldn't choose corn. I would choose like an ice cream sundae with extra hot fudge, you know, something really decadent that you truly love. And I want to talk about that in a second too, is the intention behind actions like that. So it's like, why, you know, why are we going to go waste our one ticket it's and in her case it wasn't even a ticket um but why would we waste that on something subpar and usually that's where the women i work with get to they start to view their body as such a temple as such a goddess as such a temple that they think like oh my god you know i've found my balance is i can have now that the weight is all off i can get away with having three foods three meals a week that would normally trigger my health but when i only have three of them a week i'm fine it doesn't change my weight it's all good so why would i waste one of those meals on like a quote-unquote cheat food that isn't even that good that i'm not lit up by why wouldn't i spend it on like molten chocolate lava cake which i absolutely love or you know, whatever, the chocolate sundae, whatever it is, right? So they start to get to that point where they become picky, they become choosy, they have standards, okay? And you should have standards in anything that you do. So why are, why are we not worth standards? Why are we acting like we're not worth that, right? So that's just a natural evolution that I see women go through, especially when they're feeling so good. And there are also foods you'll find that are always going to be like quote-unquote no-no foods just for you because you don't like the way that you feel when you eat them. Like I never feel good, for instance, when I eat dairy. I never feel good. And so that can be on my no-no list that I'm never going to eat dairy again because I chose that. I willingly, consciously chose that. I don't like how I feel. It doesn't feel like I'm giving anything up. It feels like I'm gaining everything. So yeah, you might get to these stages. It's part of the natural evolution. I wouldn't force them. They happen on their own naturally as you go through healing and shedding weight, okay? But I want to talk about at this point the intention behind an action, right? So it's much different to like eat the corn and cheat on your detox, you know, versus eating the corn at some kind of sit-down dinner and you love corn and you're like, remembering your childhood and summers at the cottage and like you're putting all the butter and the salt and the pepper and it's incredible 
they're two very different things. And I was trying to say that to this client this morning because I don't, I don't want you to ever feel afraid of food and I don't want you to feel like there are absolutes in this world because there often are not. You might have a no-no list of foods that you've just identified, you just don't like the way you feel, but rarely are there absolutes. On the detox, there was an absolute that she agreed to that she wasn't going to eat these offensive foods. Okay, and then she did, but it's fine. We're moving forward. But the do you see how the intention is so different if you're going to like... I didn't want to put it in her head because people are very prone to being like black and white, all or nothing. That's another limiting belief style. It's like, if I can't do it all, I won't do any of it. When I'm telling you every decision matters, every decision counts, right? Every withdrawal from your health bank account takes money out <laughs> at varying rates. So if you had like one piece of cake and you took out $3 from your health bank account, and then these are the people that are like, oh, I'll just throw the whole day to hell. And then they eat this and that and this garbage and that garbage. And they've drugged themselves and they've depleted their whole bank account in a day. Every decision counts. Every dollar counts, okay? I'm going to wrap this up shortly. But I just want to say regarding intentions. For instance, if we just took an action, like somebody eating peanut butter, you might be like, okay, that's fairly benign. Someone's eating peanut butter. And let's just say it's the natural kind. It's the healthiest kind you can get. It's organic. Okay, it's not the kind filled with vegetable oil. It's bad for you and sugar and icing sugar like Kraft. But on the wall or on the piece of paper, you're, this person ate peanut butter. Okay, no big deal. Whatever. I don't understand. But then you find out that they have an anaphylactic peanut allergy. What would you think then? What was the intention of them eating peanut butter? I mean, I would be thinking they're trying to commit suicide. I'd be like, oh my God, like that is... That is a quite heavily weighted action. You know what I mean? But what if the intention of the peanut butter was different? What if um, you're on the goddess body protocol when you're not supposed to eat peanut butter for six weeks? You can eat it after, no problem. But you're not eating it while you're on protocol because it's got some anti-nutrients, it's got some inflammation to it, etc., etc., etc. So if someone says, oh, I was on goddess body protocol and I ate peanut butter, just like I ate corn well that's a different intention right there that's you you willingly sabotaging yourself we need to examine this we need to dig into this why is this happening but versus if someone was like oh i ate peanut butter this weekend you know i haven't had it in a while i made this really amazing like peanut butter cookie recipe that my aunt used to make when i was a kid growing up and i just like i just absolutely love it it brought back so many memories i got to make the recipe with my daughter and like sharing that time together and that first bite was like pure luxury i bit into it i enjoyed it i loved it and it was one of my meals this week that i had that was like you know sometimes those foods can bother me but if i only have three of those meals a week i'm fine that was one of them and it was so worth every moment completely different intention right there's a completely different intention there's no such thing as (laughs) okay i'm going to contradict myself there's no such thing as the absolute thinking or the black and white thinking that peanut butter is always bad 100 percent of the time except to contradict myself in the case of the person with an anaphylactic allergy which we have a friend with an anaphylactic peanut allergy so i get how intense it can be but do you know what i'm saying the peanut butter in the context of doing the goddess body protocol 
the intention there is very sabotaging and no love. It's a, a lack of love. It's actually self-harm. Whereas eating the peanut butter and doing it like making your aunt's recipe and, and all that, it's full of love. It's full of intention. It's full of positivity. So the intention behind an action often matters more than the action itself. And you want to be aware of that because there aren't really very many black or whites, right? Anyways, I'm going to wrap that up for today because my neighbor's dogs are going crazy and my daughter just woke up. But I hope these um, ideas resonate with you. I hope you're starting to think about, okay, what what limiting beliefs are in my way, which blocks are in my way. I highly recommend checking out my masterclass because it goes through the top, I think it's the top seven or top eight. And then if you go to my website and watch the Goddess Body Guidelines, which is a week-long series, it's free. Video eight is a bonus video all about these limiting beliefs as well. So if you think this is in your way, I highly recommend going forward and checking out those resources and or contacting me directly so that we can chat about this and how to personalize it to you and finally get the weight off and finally get you going on your wellness journey.